So welcome. It's good to see you again. So I wanted to introduce you, you guys. Um, so Wes and I work in Advent Health, and I met with Courtney a few weeks ago for a podcast interview. It's one of the best interview I had. Um, so Wes, do you want to introduce yourself to Courtney? Uh, sure. I'm Wes. Hi. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. I, I'm the UX manager at Advent Health um, in the digital group. Uh, we have anywhere from five to nine people, depending on what the group's size is. So it's it's a small group, but um, I help kind of bridge that gap between the POs and the developers and encouraging uh, the UXers to keep that conversation going, which is a really important part of our job. But um, I help you know, kind of mentor them. And then I'm also a co-organizer of downtown Orlando UX, which is, we're going on our seventh year now. And um, we meet about everything UX and it's central Florida focused, but we have people from all over the like nation and we had people in like Syria attend the other day. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a pretty good group. And um, we, cover all kinds of topics in there too. Hi, Courtney. I feel like that is the easier approach, right? <laughs> Hi, Courtney. Um, I wear a multi, like many hats, but um, I work as a change management consultant for a small um, startup called WorkWell. Um, and then I also have started my own uh, business called Management Excellence. And it's about supporting new managers in their transitions into management, but helping them develop skill sets that are so critical for success, like empathy and vulnerability and follow through and just helping get those skill sets developed so that they can have a better foundation for growth in their career, but also to help others in business get better bosses. Cool. You are somebody who is trying to help all the managers and um, you're trying to make a world where employee have a better managers right and Wes is one of the example of those type of managers who is good and uh, he's somebody who I go to when it comes to a consistencies when it comes to uh, for example team meetings he has a really yeah. solid patterns around one-on-one team meetings reviews and all um, and he openly share with the group our digital group so and Courtney, you you recently posted a uh, a LinkedIn post on one on one, and uh, uh, I shared that with uh, Wes as well. It has an extensive uh, multiple slides that goes through not only the mechanism but also why around different things. So I thought this could be a good um, topic for us to come together and just openly talk about it, uh, share, probably you have, you both have slightly different uh, steps, but obviously the the philosophy behind is same. So I thought uh, having a conversation and I record that and post as a podcast. So that's why I am connecting you guys. Maybe we can start with your philosophy, your idea behind one-on-one. Yeah. Do you want me to start, Wes, or would you like to Sure. Start? Yeah, I did just, uh, to let you know, I did read your 
your uh, post that you did there. So I'm familiar with what you said there. And if you want to reiterate it for the recording, though, that's awesome, too. Yeah, um, a lot of what I posted. So I post some through Instagram format. So I try to use that format and then kind of put it mm. into LinkedIn just so I can save some time because um, I have a, a audience who I tend to work with just to be transparent, who tend to reach out to me are usually younger females entering into a management position who are nervous um, at, about, you know, kind of have perfectionist tendencies or don't know how to step into an authoritative role, feeling like they have to shift their personality a little bit to be in control or just how to be assertive without having to shift kind of their authenticity. So that's kind of who some of my language gets targeted at. But for one-on-ones, when I started managing, so Wes, I started managing when I was 16. I worked in a deli and I got thrown into it when the hiring manager or when the manager on duty just kind of walked out one day. So it was a really interesting kind of introduction. It was a family uh, owned, not my family, but a friend's family's owned deli. And they're like, you're capable, jump in, be the team lead, you know, help us be the assistant manager. You got this. That was that. There was nothing besides like, here's how you manage your labor margin. Don't go over it good luck. You know, it was very basic. And that trend continued um, when I was a wedding planner and I had a team of about 20. There wasn't any structure for how do I engage with the individuals that report to me. And then um, in the corporate space, I worked for ProSci for the last 10 years, which is an organization that focuses on change management um, and a methodology surrounding. So at my peak, I had about almost 40 direct reports. I was a global director there. Um, And when I started, I was um, introduced into the entry-level team and that trend continued. It's here's your 15 people. There was no, here's how you have a conversation with them. Here's how you help them grow in their career. Here's how you help communicate the business needs to your employees. Um, None of those pieces really got tied together. Um, And I, I found a lot, not everybody, some organizations have amazing manager training programs, but not most. And so a lot of people are in that space. So that's why I started um, kind of writing that post was to help people. If you've been you know, put into this position, how do you get started? Um, so that was my biggest tip, I think. And so maybe we can start there so I don't dominate the conversation. My biggest tip on getting started was making the cadence work for you. Because um, for me, that was tricky, balancing my own workload, um, having direct reports, knowing I needed to meet with them, having no idea how often. So that was my, my biggest mm-hmm. tip is what's the cadence um, to meet with. And so my recommendation, and I genuinely believe this, um, and I'd love to hear your thoughts is every week, if you can, um, and I am happy to share background on why, but I'll kind of get your perspective on what I've said so far. Yeah, I, I support that hundred percent too. Uh, I will say that I have had people that have reported to me that have maybe asked for a little bit more of a gap, right? Yeah. Like alternating weeks or something, depending on where they're at in their careers too. Absolutely. They're like, hey, but something that's really important to me, I I have at the top of the invite for one-on-ones is what this is and what it isn't. And one of the things is it's not just another meeting. It's not something that we skip and, you know, it's important. Yeah. And it's not a time to just hang out, right? There is kind of a an expected thing and it's not diving into the work. Yeah. Um, let's look at a project that we have the most urgent project. It's really easy to do that. I find yeah. um, that people immediately, they want your time. 
So one of the other things that it's not is the only time we meet, right? Yeah. Like it shouldn't be yes. the only Absolutely. time that we talk. Cause I, I found that over the years that people go, well, we're going to meet with each other on Tuesday. So we'll just talk about this then. And it's like, well, then we're not doing the work, right? The, the one-on-one is really about that career growth and the kind of things that you shared in your post and, mm-hmm. um, what can we do to eliminate blockers? Um, all of those kind of things. You know, when I when I was reading through, I was like, yeah, this is great. And I I do outline that in the invite, right? Like to let them know and remind the folks on the team that this is, and remind me that that's what this is about. Because it's really easy to slip into that mode of yeah. um, diving in deep. The, the cadence is important. Um, but I find that with success for most things. Um, if you can have a regular expect, you know, like not, there isn't a week that goes by that is the same, but every week is the same. There's a cadence of like the types of activities that are going to happen throughout the week. We might have to solve a different problem. We might have to figure Mm -hmm. something out, but, um, we're continually, okay, this kind of thing, activity, there's a space for it. And, um, Sometimes that will get shifted around, but that's just as important for a one-on-one, in my opinion. Yeah, I like that. What it is not—that's really important. And yeah, I think I found when I've seen frustration in organizations or people who are burning out, there's a lot of that gap of that kind of intimate conversation about what's really going on. What do you need help with? Where do you want to go in your career? What are you struggling with? because they do get overtaken with the project. Uh, So-and-so needs this by this time. Where are you at? Oh, how can I help you? You know, like that mentality gets taken over. So I really love that because I think that's what's comfortable, right? We know the project work and we have timelines and it's also our responsibility to make sure they get it done. So it's easy to take that one-on-one dedicated time over rather than letting it be what it's for, um, which I think is for that relationship building, their growth, um, all of those aspects that we talked about. Yeah, I, w- I was on a call earlier today and it wasn't related to one-on-ones, um, but someone said, you know, we're humans, right? Mm-hmm. About getting the work done, right? Yeah. Within the human space. And I think that is something that like a lot of leadership training and a lot of the articles you read will be about like how we can regularly get through these things, but that human aspect that no one tells you about. Right. It's really important to know, especially for new managers that like, hey, I want to that's my next step in the career. A lot of times I ask people why. Right. (laughs) What is it that because you're probably not going to be doing the thing that you do now if you're going to be a manager. If you are being a manager and doing the same thing that you're doing right now, you might not have this the capability to scale what's necessary. If you're a team of two or something, that probably will work. But as soon as you start to get more than that. And the thing that will surprise you the most, it's really easy for someone that's like been a manager for a little while to take for granted is those human conversations um, where people tell you about some of the things that like you might've been working next to someone for three or four years, five years, eight years, and never knew those personal, very intimate things that are happening in their lives that they will share with you because it is affecting their work. And in in a positive or a negative way or whatever it is, it can influence what they're doing. And 
being prepared for that, I think there's not a lot out there that prepares you for those human conversations. You've summed up what I want to do with my management excellence perfectly. (laughs) There just isn't. And it's, I mean, we talked about this last time, Vinod. It's so uncomfortable sometimes too. You like don't know in those first, like I remember just being so anxious for every one-on-one for that exact reason. I'm like, all right, I have our project checklist. I know exactly what we need to get (laughs) done this week. Feeling good. And then someone, you know, loses a loved one or is struggling with their own mental health or is going through a breakup. And there's these things that you're like, oh, I didn't expect this. And I have no idea what to do. And you can really struggle through, you know, making it worse if you're not prepared. You don't have to, like, one thing I say is you don't have to be someone's therapist as a manager, but you need to understand it's coming and it's real and it's going to impact everything that your person does. And it's going to impact you too, because, you know, I think most managers do tend to genuinely care about the people. Good managers tend to genuinely care about the people who report to them. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when you start getting overwhelmed as a manager and you start to go, I don't have time to have these moments, that's when that starts to feed back. And so where you, where you talked about, it's really important to have that one-on-one be focused on that and don't be distracted and those kind of things because those moments can occur. I think new managers sometimes can be also in a organization that's growing and then they don't have those support pieces in place. I think we're, we're fortunate at Advent Health that there are HR resources for mental health and for people that have loss and there are you know, prayer groups at Advent Health as well that people can reach out to that that give their tools for a manager. That yeah. if you don't have that in an organization like Advent Health, finding that stuff and getting it in your toolbox that you know is reliable too, right? Like that it's not something because people aren't going to respond to the same kind of help, you know, and um, it it's important to have that stuff um, on the ready, if you will. And sometimes you'll just, it'll be by need. Something will happen. And then you're like, let me help. Let me try to see what I can do and try to find out and then save that information because it's not going to be the first time you probably are going to have to use it. Oh, yeah. And as as a manager, it's not only your responsibility, but also from their perspective, they rely on you to provide these resources, provide these information. Yeah. That and that reliance can build such a pressure when you, especially when you're new to the point that once it used me, it just, it creates such a pressure. And I think like where I came from, I had such a great representation in my own manager of how to tackle this, but there wasn't any formalization around resources. It was a very small company growing really rapidly. So that space you're talking about is exactly where I was in. And a lot of it is find your own resource, not, you know, because the company doesn't want to support it. It's just not built yet. (laughs) So you have to go out and find it. And um, that is hard too, because sometimes managers are using their own money to get this training or this education or researching articles. And so there's not a lot of accessible resources on how do I have these difficult conversations or how do I even do it without like, because you can tread into some inappropriate water if you're giving you don't know advice or you don't know how to navigate conversations um, that might be coming up. And so a lot of it was is, you know, finding yourself as a manager, and that can be really, really difficult. We have a lot of resources, but Wes, I don't know if all these new managers that we have 
in AIT have, uh, are going through uh, and gaining this experience with one-on-one uh, -on -one or feedback or a star uh, goal setting. I mean, there are, in Advent Health, we have uh, uh, three categories of course, courses, right? Where you self-leadership, then team, and then business. But I don't know if everybody is going, so somehow we have to also create, or somebody have to create this awareness in, in new managers that you're handling the business, you're handling the team, but you have to grow up, you have to understand this, not for you, but for your team members. Yeah. And that emotional intelligence for that is such a underrated skill set too, because I know like, you know, when we talk about personal challenges, like we've all been there ourselves as managers, we've gone through really tough stuff, yet you still have to show up in a different way for someone else. So while you're learning these skill sets to support them, you're also going through it in your own, your own life. And so being able to figure out how to balance both of those and have the emotional intelligence not to take out whatever's happening on your side, on your team, or to neglect back from it. When we go back to one-on-ones, like one of my biggest challenges that I had um, when I think of my own experience as an employee is... I would almost depend on those one-on-ones. Like there's something I want to talk about. I need to talk to you about this. And I'm really nervous to bring it up in any other forum, forum but I know I want to, I can do it. And then they get pushed back or canceled or rescheduled. And that anxiety and that stress starts to really build up and almost like can turn into, you know, I use the emotional wheel sometimes in conversations, like that stress can turn into a resentment or in that can just kind of lead down these negative feelings that hinder the relationship rather than build it up. So that's one of the tips I had as well is hold on to that meter. <laughs> like don't move it around. Don't cancel it. Don't reschedule it. Be flexible, of course, like in those realities that come up. But if that's a consistent pattern, it just completely takes away from your credibility and trust that you're trying to build in those one-on-ones. You know, that happened exactly like this to someone very close to me that uh, uh, she was, she had some cushions for traveling and she was waiting for that discussion it pushed back once, twice, and three times. And then instead of thinking whatever is going on with this manager, she was thinking, this manager doesn't like me. She, he's intentionally pushing it. He has everything in his life as a priority except me. So I seen exact um, the other side just a few weeks ago. Yeah. I've seen it so many times too. I've heard it with my peers to say, Oh, like someone will ask, can you help meet with me? Oh, I have my one-on-one, -on -one, but it's just my one-on-one. -on -one. I can push that, no problem. And that just totally changes the whole dynamic. Yeah, and I, I think that's on the manager, right? Okay. Setting that like importance. If, yeah. you're, if your direct reports or your teammates think that it's not that important, why do they feel that way, right? Like what is making it yeah. not an important moment in the week or... Um, whatever yeah. recurrence that you have. And, you know, I think about too, sometimes those one-on-ones can turn into the only time you talk is when there's a problem. And that really then set, you know, it's like, oh, wait, we're not going to skip this one. What's wrong, right? Like, and that's, yeah. that, now you've really gotten into a, a tough state. So, you know, making, outlining what the purpose of it is, is just like any other conversation. Hey, can we talk about this project can we talk about the performance that happened in this thing always letting people know what the expectation is helps ease that fear that might occur like what 
what do they want to talk about? Right. That kind of thing. And uh, keeping it to that topic is part of it. Now, part of that can be the hard conversations in a one-on-one, right? They can be, and that's okay because that's what it's about. Growing is a lot of times learning how you can improve. And if, if you approach those conversations in a good way, it can be very healthy and help support the growth of that person. Yeah, absolutely. That radical transparency. There's some pillars that I've been, that I built into my training that I've thought a lot about and what, what are the things that I think have helped make me successful in that manager space? And, you know, I talk about empathy and vulnerability, flexibility, but then I talk about, you know, radical transparency, advocacy, and follow through. I think those last three are the action that you take for your employees. And I think being that radically transparent upfront, here's what our one-on-ones are going to be. You know, I'm going to communicate messages to you about the business, things that I really need from you. I expect half this meeting to be you talking to me. What do you need from me? What are you struggling with? What's going on? How can I help you? We're going to talk about your career. We're going to talk about growth. We're going to talk about what's realistic within this company, but we're also going to talk about how I can support you, you know, more broadly. But then also, if there's a problem, we're going to talk about it in the meeting because I want you to know how you're doing at all times. Like I'm surprised how many people are so scared to your point for their meetings because they're unsure where they sit. And that radical transparency to me is, I never want you to be unsure where you sit with me or in this company. And that took me so long. I would avoid those tough conversations like the plague. Like I did not want to have them because I didn't want someone to cry. I didn't want to cry. I, I cry half the time too. And that's something I had to get used to is I get emotional because I care. And that's something I'm radically transparent about. And um, once I learned to have it, it got so much easier, like just address it right up front, because usually it would always come back around if I avoided it. And it would be five times worse than if I would have just addressed it from the beginning. For sure. And, you know, having these regular conversations, uh, you know, however frequently you have like performance reviews, those are so easy then, right? Yeah. Because you know how your performance is all the way throughout the year, rather than some one moment that I'm sitting down to find out. And then yeah. maybe the person is surprised, right? And hopefully if if that happens, you know, shame on us as managers because they shouldn't be surprised at that be. point. And um, this helps that just go away. Um, it's just a regular kind of thing. Now, making the right amount of time for it can be something because I've heard companies ask that you really limit the time, you know, maybe keep it to like 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. I think that's a really challenging thing to do. Um, I haven't cracked that nut. Um, <laughs> but, um, and I'm not trying to really. Um, I think some people are going to need more time than others. And I, I know that I want to be able to support that the best I can. Yeah. And you made that point at the beginning too, the cadence. I think that every week is important to start, but people will, you'll develop that, you know, understanding of each other. And I don't need you this week. That's okay too. But that transparency, okay, if you do, here's when I'm available or how to reach me or whatever technology platform we have at our disposal, that the best avenue setting that expectation as well. Yeah, for sure. That was one of the promises that I made to myself many years ago that I will never be in a situation where at the time of the yearly review, I'm trying to see how to communicate this to that person about the performance. So as soon as you encounter, you share, you talk, you give the person ability and opportunity to improve upon, not wait until the end of the year. So that was a very good point, um, Wes. 
agree. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, HR systems are set up to be that way. So it almost becomes like work to enter it into an HR system, right? And that when I think about that sometimes when we come around to those moments, because it's like, oh, wow, we've kind of had these conversations already. So it's really just creating clarity around what our what our quarter has been or, you know, whatever the that cadence is. And it's like, great. Like we've talked about these things. How's it, you know, do you agree with it? What do you think? You know, that kind of thing. So it's, that's kind of exciting if you look at it from that perspective. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, we have three minutes left. I think it was a good idea. I, I love the conversation. No, I do too. It's really, I think it's important. One thing I don't, I love that you did this because one thing I don't see a lot of is the conversations in this this manager layer and just how to support each other and the alignment. Oftentimes I feel like it's kind of the hierarchy level supporting, you know, here's what you should do. Here's what you should do. Here's what you should do. But this like kind of lateral conversation of what do you do and how is it effective and what works and what doesn't work and just giving people that insight into what maybe they haven't had conversations around. I think it's a really good idea. I think that's really an important point too, is that it isn't managers talking to their managers or bosses or direct reports, managers talking to direct reports. It's managers talking to managers, um, kind of sharing what's going on in the group as much as you can, right. Without being going into personal yeah. things, but how do we, how do we have successes and where are some of the challenges that are happening across our groups that does help create a lot of, um, like you said, transparency across, um, how we all work together. Yeah. And I think that to the first point, let's build better bosses. I think, and I, maybe I need to work out that language because I don't want people to think they're bad bosses by any means, but I just think we don't have that connection. Like we, I think that is something that's been missing. That's such a, oh, I like how you summed that up and end your video with how Wes summed that up. Cause that was, that was perfect. So I'm just going in circles now, but I just think back to being manager. I didn't really have anyone to pull on to say, what do I do from the sides? But I felt like I had to do it if it came from the top down rather than creating my own authenticity through seeing multiple examples that I could turn into my own. So thank you for setting it up. Vinod, did I say it wrong? Vinod, Vinod, how do I? Both of them are right. I always get that. He never answers that question correctly. We call him Vinny, but he's (laughs) like, whatever. It's like, okay. Hi, Vinny. (laughs) Vinod, thank you so much for setting it up. These are really good conversations. And thank you for pushing me too. I feel like with the daycare quarantine stuff, I feel like this 2022 has been pure chaos. So thank you for pushing it forward. Courtney, in her uh, in our past conversation, shared that she's working on this training. And every time I see something, I send her a message that you should do this too. You should do this as well. Well, I'm going to send the training to you first for feedback if you're open to it. See if you have any advice before I put it out in the okay. world. Because I'm, I've been at that like 90% for so long. So I should just send you what I have because I'm, I'm almost there. And if Wes uh, <laughs> is open for that too, I think he probably will have even greater and solid idea um, feedback around that. Let's connect on LinkedIn too and yeah. keep the conversation going. I I appreciate you putting that stuff out there. I know I don't put enough of that kind of stuff out on LinkedIn. I really focus on like US UX projects yeah. and that kind of stuff. But yeah. I think you this uh, Wes, you have um, created a very solid system for yourself and it's working out well. I think you sh- you 
share with other people, even if it is just for free. Yeah, I agree. I know you're right. creating, but I would love to read it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. We'll figure out something for the next time. Great connecting with you. This was great. Sure. Thank, Thank you both. Thanks, really. Take care. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Wes. Bye. Bye.